Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. If you listen on the Entail app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you listen. Have a look. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but I've put myself on a money diet, I think part in anticipation for kind of actually being able to get to an IRL shop and also because I wanted to be a little bit more disciplined and I am so missing the daily Amazon packages slash random deliveries slash kind of weird objects that I've bought off eBay late at night or whatever. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's incredibly sad. I miss my DPD driver, Dane. (laughs) You've got delivery withdrawal, haven't you? I bet you don't miss the boxes, though. I don't miss the boxes, but I do sort of slightly miss that kind of, ooh, what is it? It's a funny shaped package. Anyway, how are you, Annabelle? Uh, I'm absolutely fine. But about three days ago, a new kitten entered my life. (laughs) And he's called Basil. And he's very, very insane. Very insane. And already there is a lot of hair. And I have a... And Barry, who's the, who's the, big, the big resident cat, has got a lot of hair. And I, I, I'm hair-overwhelmed. And I found myself almost at all times at the moment. I'm never more than a metre from a big fat roll of gaffer tape wrapped around my fingers. And I'm so aggressively stroking sofas, carpets, and the, and the hairballs that come off. I mean, I, I mean what am I going to do about the hair? Am I, am I even doing the right thing? Don't worry, Annabelle, because our next guest is Lindsay Crombie, also known as Lindsay, Queen of Clean. She's here to talk to us about cleaning and why it both drives us mad and keeps us sane. And let's face it, we have never, ever been so aware of the dust and the dirt and the cluttered corners in our homes. Now, Lindsay became a cleaning czar when she appeared on a Channel 4 programme called Obsessive Compulsive Cleaners. But her obsession started 17 years ago after a personal trauma. Now, her new book, The 15-Minute Clean, is out on the 1st of April and it makes everything feel so manageable that I both hoovered and scrubbed my sofa last night, which is unheard of. Anyway, Lindsay, how are you? I'm absolutely fine, but I'll be completely honest with you. This week does feel um, just a little bit overwhelming and I could scream if I'm honest with you. I've got all everything's going on in my head. Publication week, always a really, really busy week. And I think... You always doubt yourself on publication week. Is the book going to sell? Are people going to like it? What's it going to look like on the shelves? It's a huge deal. And I think my anxiety is just through the roof this week. If you'd like to scream, then you're in the right place. (laughs) Or at least swear a bit. But you don't look like the sweary type. No, do you know what? I've seen programmes like in America where they have these rage rooms. You can go in them, put like this battle armour on and smash everything up. Do you know what? We need those in the UK because I think I'd be there like every week. Emily, Emily and I wrote in our book about our desperate need for a rage cupboard that would be full of china and sort of med- violent medieval instruments like those things, you know, those metal spiky balls on the end of a, yeah. a, a stick. That, that's called a flail. And, and, and definitely our rage cupboard would be equipped with a flail. I once went to a fair and um, the most popular kind of stall was smashing crockery with like wooden balls and the queue of adults <laughs> was just smashing it was absolutely huge it's brilliant there's a lot to be said for a little light destruction <laughs> but what about the cleaning yeah yeah see i rage clean oh you rage clean 
Yeah, I do. So if I've had an argument with my husband or my children are being really annoying, the first thing I do is is clean and I go for it. I'm like some sort of maniac running around the house with the dusters. Um, and do you know what? I get the best finish. I really do get the best clean. <laughs> Proper rage-driven elbow grease. So what happened 17 years ago to kick you into cleaning as a way of life? Okay, so I've always been a bit of a clean freak. My mum was always cleaning. My nans were always cleaning. When I got my first flat when I was 19, I remember I had this big rotor up on the fridge and friends used to come round to be like, oh my God, Lindsay, this is so intense. Um, so I've always been like that. But I think um, after the situation I had when the twins were born, um, I discovered the guy that I married was actually a sex offender. Um, I had no idea. The knock came on the door. It was 5am in the morning. And my life literally just flipped itself completely upside down you know I was it was in a, in a nice relationship with a successful businessman two beautiful girls on the way we just bought this beautiful old Victorian house and we were doing it up and that door knock literally changed everything was that the police it was the police yeah and you were pregnant you how pregnant were you at the time I was 28 weeks and, and am I right in thinking that it was such a shock that your babies came, you had twins, and when did they arrive? Uh, two days later. Oh, my goodness. Yes, my water's just literally... <laughs> and I just panicked, and then I felt really, really guilty because I'd made a comment on the day he was arrested. I, I spoke to his mum, and I said, what's he done? And she gave me a brief insight into what his past was. And I remember I sat on the stool in her kitchen. I remember the words coming out of my mouth saying, I don't want these children. What am I going to do? Um, and I regret that. And when I went into labour, I thought, oh, my God, I'm losing my children now because of what I said. But I never meant it. It was just that, how can I have children that belong to a paedophile? Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's not normal, is it? But I got over that. And obviously, everything is fine with my children. They're both 17, beautiful um, and doing amazingly, which is amazing. Oh, that's really credit to you. Well done. And so you've got, an, uh, you know, sort of unbelievably traumatic situation. You've got tiny, tiny, very early, very at-risk babies. So was the answer to pick up your duster? It was. Amazing. So in my head, I knew I'd been with someone that was dirty. So what I kept doing is I remember stripping the beds and putting it all into a bin bag and throwing it outside. And I was buying bottles of bleach, 14 pence cheap bleach, and just chucking it everywhere, including my arms. I was cleaning my arms with bleach because the thought of him touching me, I had to cleanse myself and cleanse everything he'd ever touched. And it went to the extreme. It went far too far. It was extremely dangerous cleaning, but it's just what I felt I had to do. But I started to regain control, which I'm so pleased I did. I, I learned the errors of my mm -hmm. ways. And did you do talk therapy or was it just a, a kind of slow, gradual kind of process where you were able to process everything? Like, how did you get through? It was slow. It took a couple of years. I did try the therapies. It didn't agree with me. They, they didn't ring right what was being said in the sessions. It scared me. I did go on the antidepressants and they made me 50 times worse. So I remember going out with some girlfriends and having panic attacks. And I was thinking, what on earth is going on? It was like the rooms were closing in on me. And I was like, this is the medication. It needs to go. And I remember just literally throwing it. And the only thing, and I know this sounds really, really totally crazy, the only time I smiled was when I had the music on, I was mopping the floor. <laughs> I'd have my own kitchen disco. And I actually felt like I was me again and I was in control. And no one could sit in a room and tell me that I was like a rabbit caught in headlights because I wasn't. I, the only thing that helped me was my cleaning. And I, I gradually dealt with it. The twins were getting bigger. 
Um, and then I started developing my little routines and my plans um, and knowing that bleach was dangerous to be using around two premature children. What on earth was I thinking? You know, and I, I learned and I did research and I just got better and stronger. But it took, you know, it took a good few years, four or five years before I really took control. And was that when you became a professional cleaner? Yeah, so um, I didn't become a professional cleaner until I'd had Jake. So I met my current husband, Rob, when the twins were two and a half. So I was working in a doctor's surgery on reception. My mum gave up her job and she said, look, I'll look after the twins. Get yourself out to work. And I literally went to the doctors for an appointment. There's a vacancy. Can I apply? They had me in for an interview within a few minutes with the twins in carry cots like this. Um, and I got the job there and then. And then I thought, well, that, that's a stroke of luck, isn't it? Um, and my husband was a medical sales rep. I remember he used to come in and bring me biscuits. Oh, will you give these to the doctors? And he used to always go bright red. And everyone used to say to me, oh, God, he really fancies you. Dare you to ask him out. <laughs> so there's me. And I said, well, what's your number? And I remember texting him and I said, hi, I work at the doctors. I'm 26, going for a really messy divorce. Got two kids. Do fancy going out for a drink? <laughs> And he wrote back saying yes. And I thought, really? What's wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'll do it anyway. And look at you. But I think sometimes you just take the ball by the horn, don't you? You just grab opportunities and run with them. So you settled down with him and took the cleaning out of the house into other people's houses? Yeah. So uh, the lady that was doing my hair worked in an old people's complex one day a week, just going in and do their blue rinses. And she said, look, Lindsay, come in with me. They all need help with their shopping and their cleaning. So I went in one day and I got about eight residents on board. And I thought, oh my God, how am I going to clean for all these people? And that's where the journey started. And the old people are the ones that taught me about the lemons, the bicarb, the white vinegar. I remember the first lady I went to, I took my big caddy of cleaning stuff. I went to, I remember going out buying all this nice stuff, all these fancy cloths. And she said, leave that outside, dear. I was like, why? And she got me a lemon. She's like, this is how you clean. <laughs> right, I'm going to stop you for a minute. And I'm going to ask you what you do with lemons in terms of, I think of, when I think of lemon, I think of vodka and tonic. What do you do with lemons in terms of cleaning? Okay, so um, lemon, the acid in them actually makes a really good cleaner. So I cut them in half and I um, layer it in some bicarbonate of soda. And when you squeeze it, you get this really good chemical reaction. That actually fights lime scale hard watermarks, shine stainless steel sinks. It will get rid of grease stains. So if you're cooking and you get a grease stain on your clothes, the first thing you need to do is reach for a juicy lemon. Lemons have got so many amazing properties. And what about bicarb? What do you use bicarb for? Okay, so bicarb will help take away smell. So if you've got a smelly fridge, pop a little dish of bicarb in, hide it at the back and it will absorb those smells. It's also a whitener. So if you're doing your laundry, if you've got a nice batch of white towels, you just put some bicarb in with your liquid detergent and it will, you know, it will keep them nice and white. And it, it just it's just great to use mixed with the other two because you get the chemical reaction, which causes the explosion, which causes the breakdown of dirt, grease and grime. I can go on all day, but I'm not a scientist. I just make this stuff up as I go along. <laughs> Every time I Google something like how to make my brown lime scaled loo white again, it keeps talking to me about vinegar. So is it white vinegar you want? What, it's not like, it's not sort of like balsamic vinegar or white wine vinegar. It's, so what are you looking for? Yeah, you're looking for white vinegar or white wine vinegar. Now, the white wine vinegar is more expensive, but because of the alcohol properties, it is actually a stronger cleaner. 
but white vinegar is just as good. The amount of people that message me and they go to the cupboards and get their chip vinegar out and they go, I've used this. I'm like, no, don't put that down, you lose. So white vinegar can be used to, to it, it really shifts stubborn stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really good for mould. So the inside of a old washing machine. Yes, or um, if your shower's got mould in the grout. I was going to say, the bathroom. Yeah, or you're, some people have a shower curtain and the bottom of it is just mould. I always say, take it off, soak it in the bath with white vinegar. And it also, again, it's the deodoriser. So you know you can buy in the supermarkets now all these fancy laundry cleansers that are a booster to use with your liquid detergent. You don't need to do that. If you've got like sweaty gym wear or your kids come back with a sweaty PE kit, white vinegar will actually break down those sweats. And it won't smell. No, not at all. Not at all. The thing with white vinegar is it smells initially, but it breaks down within minutes. So you might spray it on your windows to get your windows smear free and you'll be like, oh, the smell. Come back in 10 minutes. The smell's completely gone. It disperses very quickly. And how much do you put in laundry, for example? Like I'm talking like a tablespoon or a thimble full or so a... if it, uh, think of a laundry bottle and you think of a cap at the top where you measure your liquid use yeah. that for your white vinegar as well it's about 20 mils okay brilliant so you're so you're you're cleaning for for the old people and they're teaching you tricks and you're turning it into a business and and so what you keep going you get more clients yeah i, I went i kept going i got quite big and then i um bought in a laundry service so i did an ironing service on the side and recruited ladies that ironed for me as well um at one stage i was ironing as well as cleaning 57 baskets of ironing a week Oh my um, God. I was only charging, this is where my business mind wasn't quite great. I was only charging £10 a basket. I look back <laughs> now and I think, Lindsay, what were you doing? And the basket well, was Lindsay, huge. Well, Lindsay, you were having a lovely time because it's your <laughs> favourite thing to do. Because I used to sort of wear like um, tracksuit bottoms and a vest top. I had all burn marks on my stomach. So when I was ironing, I was ironing my stomach at the same time. Oh my God. That's what happens when you have twins, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and, um, and what, I, I, we've got to ask you because this is just sort of compulsive. What were some of the most extreme things that you saw when you were in other people's houses? So I, I cleaned for obviously a lot of local people that lived on my estate. You know, most of those were OK. Um, there was a lot of moon sand was a big trend at the time when I was cleaning. I don't know if the kids still have it, like this horrible moon stuff. Oh, is that so like kinetic sand? It sort of drifts around. Yeah, and that was all and... over people's houses. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, it takes ages to clean. Cat poo was a big one. But I do a lot of work for our local authority. So the local council may have people, alcoholics, for example, people with learning difficulties. And I did a lot of cleans for those. And I remember doing one. It was horrific. It was just littered with feces, floor, ceiling, the lot. And there was this bucket in the corner and it looked like it was cigarette butts on top of the bucket. So I picked it up and it was a bucket full of poo. It was just pooing in his bucket. So I've literally cleaned horrific I've cleaned up blood from dead birds in people's houses I've cleaned for a lady she was a schizophrenic really nice lady but she used to speak in Spanish when I got there and she always spoke to her curtains and she wouldn't let me open the curtains to clean so I couldn't see what I was doing it was just pitch black and it was quite scary but I think there's a massive story in all of that stuff it's a whole new book I think for me because I've got so many sort of stories on what people go through and the mental health aspect as to why people are not clean and they're not organised. It's not their And also thing. it's going to be, isn't it, a chicken and egg, is that you're, if you're not well, yeah. then, then, then the, the, the grime and the disorganisation will build up. And as it gets dirtier and more chaotic, that's going to feed into whatever's happening in your head. Yeah. So it's, it becomes a really insidious sort of cycle, doesn't it? It is, and it's, it's really sad for them because most of the time they do want to be clean and tidy, but mentally they can't do it. 
they can't have a clear space. I mean, I did a lady not so long ago and, you know, she kept saying to me, I've not slept for 20 years. And I went to her bedroom and I sort of said, well, I can understand why there's nowhere to sleep in your bedroom. You've not got a space actually to lay down. It was just pure clutter. And she said, well, why have the doctors never told me this? I said, I don't know. But I said, if we clear at least half of your bedroom, which is what we did, you're going to sleep better. It's that mental attitude. You know, she's surrounded by clutter and stuff and it's not doing her any good. Um, So there's so many stories with cleaning, so many. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, when I first started cleaning and seeing these, I was quite judgmental. I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is disgusting. Why do you live like this? But once you get talking to the homeowner and learning about their journey, you really start to understand why we're at two different spectrums, but how we can help and complement each other, which is what I want to do. You know, as much as I am this cleaning Instagram owner who's landed a job on the telly, I still want to help people. I think that um, our relationship with cleaning with our houses has intensified exponentially over the past year because we've just been sitting in them. And I'm not sure houses are meant to be sort of sat in by groups of people for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've really taken some punishment. And and I certainly, I mean, I like things quite clean, but I certainly you know, was swinging from at the beginning when I was almost carrying a packet of wet wipes in my back pocket at all times and attacking the windowsills with cotton buds to total lethargy and just thinking, watching the laundry pile up, you know, you know swiping my finger across a, something and table and seeing the dust and thinking fuck it and I think it can be quite indicative of the way that we're feeling can't it the state of our house yeah it is and I think lockdown has brought this out in a lot of people a lot of people have you just thought why bother because we're all here no one's coming in no one's seeing our houses anymore we've got no one to sort of please and dust is building up and I must admit you know there's been times where I've not as been as savvy as I am because you have those days where you you feel like you're hit with a black cloud and you just can't be bothered you know and you've just got no motivation and it's really really tough but I think the power of social media that we've got these days when I watch someone clean I think oh yeah I haven't done that I get up and I go and do it and I think that knock-on effects have been really really good to keep us motivated. I totally agree I watched a TikTok about cleaning a loo a foam cleaner and I actually ordered it and then spent a very happy Sunday afternoon like scrubbing and foaming and it was totally uncharacteristic if you look at the rest of my house but it was incredibly satisfying. Lindsay what is the best way to clean a loo? Um, (laughs) To be honest that foam cleaner that you've just mentioned is absolutely amazing but if you have got those um, solid brown marks in the bottom which is built up lime scale it's not poo which everyone seems to think it is you need citric acid so you buy the small boxes it's about a pound in most of the pound shops or the value shops literally pour half a box down leave it overnight and it will do the trick what you find with bleaches and a lot of these fancy toilet cleaning products they actually mask the problem they don't get rid of the problem bleach will whiten it for a few days but that brown stuff will come back within a few days. I notice more and more when I do my weekly shop how expensive cleaning products are. It's ridiculous and it shouldn't be. You know, back to basics, washing up liquid is like, I just think that you can do anything with washing up liquid. You don't really need anything else. Um, And just keeping your cleaning cupboard small and neat. So what should be in our cleaning cupboards? Like, but pure 
Yeah, I just think you need to have uh, microfiber cloths because these are amazing. You can use them with just water. You don't even need to use chemical. You're washing up liquid. A good multi-purpose cleaner that will do your bathroom and your kitchen. Um, some white vinegar. And it's really good now because all your um, value shops have all jumped on the white vinegar bandwagon and they're selling this cheap. Um, so one of those. And you can mix that with the washing up liquid. Lemon juice. You don't have to buy lemons because obviously they're more expensive. But if you go to your cooking aisle in, in the supermarket and just buy a bottle of the juice for about 40p, stick that in your cleaning caddy. And that's it. You know, good duster, good vacuum. I do like a steam cleaner because I think steam gives you that real sense of clean. When you're steaming your house... How does it work, a steam cleaner? So it, it lifts it up off the floor. So it's actually lifting it and it's breaking it down without the need for product. Um, and when you mop your floor, you, you'll find like round the edges, you're just pushing that dirt around. Well, I wanted to ask you about the horrible corners. Yeah. The horrible black corners full of matter. Will the steam cleaner deal with that? So what did you do? Does it, does it suck it up or how does no, it work? No, it just, it literally, it breaks it. It, it break, And then it will all stick to the pad. So when you take your pad off, that's the bit that's really daunting. You've got this beautiful white pad, take it off and it's black. You're like, oh my God, I'm filthy. But you're not. It's just because the pad and the steam have actually lifted all that dirt. That when you mop, as you say, it's in the corners, it's by your skirting boards, it's around your toilet rim. And then you go back into your bathroom and get a cloth and you go and wipe all those bits up. So you're making your job harder. So is this is this steam? Is this, sorry to interrupt you, but is a steam cleaner just for floors? No, I use mine for everything. So I've got I've got one that's quite versatile. So I can steam my sofas, I can steam my curtains, I steam my toilet because it's such hot. And it, you know, I remember cleaning a house years ago, um, and it had the cooker filters in, and they were stuck in the in the thing you pulled them out of. Um, the grease was horrific, and I just blasted with steam. And the steam literally broke that grease down in seconds. And am I doing the right thing with all the hair? I mean, is there with my gaffer tape, with all the animal hair? Do you know what you are? You know, it's either that or it's a lint roller. Lint rollers are expensive and don't have the aggressive sticking power. Okay, right. There's there's, there's a new kid on the block, okay? So it's called the um, gel mint roller from Beldre. It's £2.99. Pick it up off Amazon and it's sticky like sellotape. And it also has a blade on it as well. So as you're lint rolling, the blade is picking it up and putting it onto the sticky bit. I've had mine ages. It says you get 100 juices. I've had it ages. It's still going strong. You rinse it under the tap after every use. And it's called the gel? Gel lint roller from Beldre. Okay. I literally feel like this this podcast is going to be very bad for my money diet. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, take, I'm taking want, notes. <laughs> literally, I'm like citric acid. I need to get I need to get a steam cleaner for my sofa because I really we got a sofa from someone. I'm not sure we managed to clean the cushions, but the sides it's the sides. Yeah. Okay. So what you can do with the sides is Dr. Beckman do this product. It's it's a, actually a carpet cleaner. It's got a brush head on the top, but it's great for the arms on your sofas because you just literally scrub them like that with the brush head comes up lovely and that's yeah get that Audi four quid go and get one of those I'm aggressively taking notes <laughs> um how do you clean an oven oh that's horrible see I'm aren't quite they? they're evil aren't they I, but aren't I think they? the key to oven cleaning is and I say this all the time every time you've used it warm soap and cloth wipe it over really quickly if you try and get in the habit of doing that after every single use it's never going to get disgusting. And I think you open oven doors and you just see that. Okay, well, I think, I think, Lindsay, I think we have to imagine a world where that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. If, if you, you can bear it. But I think you can buy, like, 
there's the oven pry product which you can buy which you basically just put it in a bag throw all the chemical in chuck it in the garden leave it overnight and it comes up beautifully or you can do the old-fashioned methods but it's really rough on your hands but you can buy like an oven scraper a couple of pounds and that will literally just scrape through that layer of grease grime and dirt and they're really really handy it's a hell of a job cleaning the oven. You know, loads of people hire a professional oven cleaning company to come in and do it for them. But, you know, that, that cost builds up 50, 60 pounds a time, two, three times a year. You know, I just I just honestly think staying on top or just buying that oven pride product. I, I mean, that. I always feel like it's it's a luxury that I get my windows cleaned. Yeah, yeah. Everything looks different when the windows have been cleaned. Emily has lived in her house for 10 years and never cleaned her windows. Oh, stop it. No. <laughs> not on the outside I mean obviously someone's cleaned we've tried to clean on the inside but you know you know it's the outside that's the and and anyway no 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 I mean I, I'm sitting here thinking oh my god oh my god oh my god and I but I'm also really interested actually in the sense of you know what you said about um when you first went into the old people's home you know cleaning for people is a real it's a real act of of care actually because um I remember the people when I had small babies the people who came and like did the washing up quietly or tidied the living room or whatever that I'll never forget those little acts of kindness because actually when you feel like you were saying things are on top of you and it feels too hard to put something away it's such a gift isn't it yeah it is and I think you know I do a thing at Christmas I actually do um, a scheme called the gift of clean so I didn't obviously do it the Christmas that's just gone. But what I normally do is I normally just ask for people that are in need. So it might be someone that's that's poorly, terminally ill, an old person. Let me clean your house as a present for Christmas. So if you have got people coming around, that burden's been taken away from you. And it makes a huge, huge difference, someone just going in. And as you say, it could just be a tidy up. It doesn't need to be a full intense clean. But I think it does them so good mentally. And then it allows them to focus the time that they have got on something that they do actually want to do. I mean, that's an amazing present. I mean, that could be transformative, couldn't it, in terms of your whole yeah. outlook. And also, you know, I'm looking around now, just we're just battling with stuff, you know, just the build up of stuff. And what do we let go of and what do we keep, whether it's books or piles of old magazines or, you know, we've all got we listen, we all acknowledge we have the draw from hell. Oh, you know, I, I've, got one. I've got one. because some things just don't have a place. Their only places in the drawer. Yeah, it's things like batteries and drawing pins and paper clips. Where do they go, you know? But the drawer overflows and then suddenly your whole house feels like the yeah, drawer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what's quite fun about your book is it breaks everything down into manageable chunks. You're like, you would be amazed with what you could do with five minutes. Because when I look around, I think... I don't have two days and my back hurts. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. And I think that's when I, like, when I talk about when you boil the kettle, you know, your, your kettle's about two to three minutes to boil it. What do you tend to do when you boil the kettle? You stand there with your phone, maybe, or just stand there and do nothing. But you can actually tidy one drawer in that two to three minutes. You can do it. You can whip it all out, put it all back in, then have your cup of tea. And then you feel like, oh, I deserve this cup of tea because I've actually achieved this at the same time. And that's the whole point of my book. We haven't got time anymore. Most families, two parents are working. Kids just are full of attitude and don't want to help us, let's be honest. So, you know, we need to manage our time better. And I always say, you know, five minutes in a room, walk into your lounge, set your phone to five minutes on a timer, do as much as you can, fold the cushions up, 
you know, have a quick hoover, a quick dust. You can do a lot in five minutes when you're truly focused um, and then move on to another room and then another room. And then you've done 15 minutes of cleaning. Those three key rooms are now completely presentable and will make you feel so much better. What is the best way to get stains out of carpets? If you use lemon and bicarb on, on a carpet or on a jumper or on a stainer, will it bleach it? Will it discolour it? No, not at all because it's natural. So is that a good idea for carpets? No. So for my, my top tip for carpet cleaning is shaving foam. No. Yes. So, the, <laughs> so you know, I know like a lot of men use these blue gels and stuff these days. So that's not what you want. You want the actual old fashioned white foam that comes out 40 odd P in the supermarket. So I discovered this years ago, we had a new carpet put down and I dropped my mascara and it went everywhere and I was panicking. I and mean, I went in the bathroom. I literally just grabbed this first product I could get and I went, shh. And it came out. And then I started testing it on lots of different stains. Like, oh, my God, it's one of the best cleaners. And it smells really nice and fresh and of a nice man as well. So, you know, it's a win-win, isn't it, really? <laughs> yes. So you put it on. Do you leave it for a bit? Or yes, what do you use? To, so do you use out, one of your microfiber cloths? No, so it comes out really like, like a big, long bit of foam, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, rub it in with a, with a damp cloth. And then I always say when you're cleaning carpet stains, always use a white cloth. Never use a pink cloth or an orange cloth, because what you're doing with the white cloth is you'll see if the stain's actually being lifted. Because if the cloth obviously has got the stain on it, you know that you're doing the right job. So I always cover it up with a damp cloth. And then with the flat of your hands, you just pat it. So you're banging it in um, rather than scrubbing it, because the banging is going to start to lift it. If you're scrubbing it, you're just going to move it all around your carpet a lot more. But honestly, shaving foam has been like a godsend and it's a real staple in my cleaning cupboard now. I mean, I love this. I suddenly feel rather sort of like, you know, you know, sort of 1940s. I'm going to have a steel bucket and I'm going to have <laughs> lemons in it, overflowing, bicarb, vinegar, shaving foam and say goodbye to my expensive chemical laced products. I mean, it's a whole new way of looking at it. Refreshing, actually. Did I read as well that you use onion to clean the yeah, grill? Yeah, so that's a really good one. So for your barbecue... Yeah, what happens is the onion starts to disintegrate, but the onion is actually an antiseptic. So you can, if you cut your leg, you can rub an onion over it and it will really help. It's like an antiseptic cream. I know it's a bit random. You're not going to run and get an onion or you're going to get the cream out the medical cupboard. But yeah, going back in time, this is what people use. And do you know what? Trends always come back round. Look at how fashion the shell suit was in and it was in again and all that stuff. You know, what they did years ago actually worked. I feel like you're part cleaner, part shaman, Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a crazy woman. Oh, Lindsay, thank you so much for all your top tips. Honestly, I feel sort of delighted with all this information. I've written reams of notes while we've been talking. I know, I feel way cleaner than I am as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. We have to go off and let's go off and take five minutes and tackle something. What will you tackle, Emily? I think I'm going to make the bed properly. Oh, because you don't do that every morning? No. <laughs> okay, you can make the bed properly. And I think I might do, well, it's going to be, um, I think I might do some um, Q-tip windowsill action. What about you, Lindsay? What's on your five minutes? I could do with a quick vacuum in the lounge and that's it, really. <laughs> Everywhere. Well, there we go. Off we all go. Cup of tea and a bit of a clean. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all your wisdom. A very best of luck with your book, which is a bit of a revelation, actually. I hope so. I hope so. I really hope it yeah. helps people that are leading busy life. It's done with such good cheer and loads of heart. So yeah. that always comes through. Thank you. Thank Aww, you, Lindsay. Thanks, Lots Lindsay. of love, everybody. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe.
And we'll just leave you with this thought. My favorite conspiracy theory is that everything is gonna be okay. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.